On bended knee I come, with a humble heart I come, bowing down before your holy throne, lifting holy hands to you. As I pledge my love anew, I worship you in spirit. I worship you in truth. May my life a holy praise unto you. On Good morning. I want to welcome both members and visitors to our 8.30 service that I know you feel like is a 7.30 service this morning. A hearty crew in the auditorium uh, here at Preston Crest. Uh, I'm Charlie Johnston, one of the elders, and we're happy to have you join us both here physically and virtually through our streaming. If you are a first-time visitor, please fill out the attendance card in the back of the pews and take it to our information desk in the foyer. We want to welcome you with a special gift and get to know you better as we see you after service. Please take the time now, if you haven't done, it, done so already, to text CHECK-IN to church teams at the number on the screen, 469-476-5331. This is critical for our response team knowing who is attending in case of a safety or security event. We want to know who's here so we can properly take care of you. 
Besides getting the bulletin when you text check-in, you can also text me, M-E, to that number anytime and automatically be logged in to select the directory, website, ask for prayers, and get the latest prayer list. Any prayer or contact request can also be made by filling out one of the cards in the back of the pews and dropping it in the contribution box in the foyer. A couple of things that we want to remind you about. Uh, first, our 50th anniversary celebration is on Sunday, March 27th. Uh, this will be a great time of greeting former members, uh, remembering our first 50 years as congregation, and looking forward to even greater blessings from God in our next 50. We will be having only one service at 10 o'clock, followed by a catered lunch, also, there's sign-up information in your bulletin to provide cookies for our dessert. I think there's only 39 slots left, so I think we've got 41 out of 80 signed up, so feel free to sign up for that. Over the last two weeks, uh, our hearts have been broken by the terrible tragedies occurring in Ukraine. A special designated fund is now available for you to give, helping provide housing, food, and medical care for those in the Ukraine, as well as the refugees in the neighboring countries. Funds will be sent through both Sunset International's Brandon Price, the head of the Ukraine Bible Institute, now temporarily headquartered in Poland, and the Rocketdyne Church of Christ in Missouri. That's Gordon's hometown congregation. Both have had long-standing relationships and a history of support with Ukrainian ministry efforts. And this is how you can donate. Online, uh, links can be found in the bulletin, on the website homepage, and on the website give page. Choose special contributions, and when prompted, choose Ukraine. Choose Ukraine in the drop-down menu. Of course, in person, you can place your donations in Ukraine Dropbox that's now out in the foyer, and checks should be made payable to Preston Crest with Ukraine written in the memo. And we ask that you please continue uh, to be in prayer uh, for peace in the Ukraine and, and for these efforts. For our call to worship this morning, uh, please read with me from Psalms 103, verses 21 and 22. Praise to the Lord all his heavenly hosts. You his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. Let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for all your blessings. Our homes, our health, our jobs, our opportunities, our friends and families, including, Father, the recent birth of Grayson to Michael and, and Claire Fitz. Father, we have some members of our family that we want to bring before you this morning, and we especially ask that you would be with Melissa Jackson's mother, Radonna Reeves, in her surgery and recovery, for Diane and Waynette Davis' cousin, Larry King, with cancer, and also with Mark and April Anthony and the loss of his brother, John. 
Father, please surround these families uh, with your comfort and love and help us to be your hands and feet as we support them during this difficult time. Father, we also fervently ask that you bring peace to Ukraine and give protection, comfort, and healing to all those people impacted by that conflict. God, we thank you for the talents you've given each of us to use in your service. I pray that everyone here at Preston Crest will, will find that special area of service where we can help your kingdom grow and be more effective, bringing those around us both near and far into your family. Father, we also ask that you be with Gordon this morning as he helps us see how to reach others with the good news. In Jesus Christ's blessed name we pray. Amen. Church, let's stand and let's sing this morning. Come worship Christ the King. Hallelujah.
sing one more song as we're entering into our time of communion this morning. And then Rob Gottlich is going to come and lead us this morning around the bread and around the cup. You and I Yeah. 
Morning. I'm uh, going to read from Matthew 26. When Jesus was eating with his 12 disciples that evening, he said, One of you will surely hand me over to my enemies. The disciples were very sad, and each one said to Jesus, Lord, you can't mean me. He answered, One of you men who has eaten with me from this dish will betray me. The Son of Man will die, as the scriptures say, but it's going to be terrible for the one who betrays me. That man would be better off if he had never been born, Judah, if he had never been born. Judah said, teacher, you surely don't mean me. That's what you say, Jesus replied. But later Judas did betray him. During the meal, Jesus took some bread in his hands. He blessed the bread and broke it. Then he gave it to his disciples and said, take this and eat it. This is my body. Jesus picked up a cup of wine and gave thanks to God. He then gave it to his disciples and said, Take this and drink it. This is my blood, and with it God makes his agreement with you. It will be poured out so that many people will have their sins forgiven. Jesus said to his disciples, During this very night all of you will reject me, as the scriptures say. I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. Peter spoke up, Even if all the others reject you, I will never reject you. Jesus replied, I promise you, before a rooster crows tonight, you will say three times that you don't know me. As Jesus and the apostles celebrated the Passover, they were remembering the, the uh, salvation of the Israelites from Egypt through the lamb's blood painted on the door frames. At this time, though, he introduced his uh, upcoming sacrifice and the salvation we receive through his shed blood. Today, as we take the bread and the wine, we remember his sacrifice and through the wine, we remember our forgiveness of sins through his shed blood. Let's pray. God, we come before you thanking you so much for loving us, for sending Jesus to take our place. Help us to live our lives, to glorify you, and to honor that sacrifice that you and Jesus did for us. In Christ's name, amen.
In Hebrews, the writer writes, Do everything that you can to live in peace with other people. Make yourself separate from bad things. Nobody will see the Lord unless their life is good and clean. Remember that God is very kind. Nobody should refuse to let God help them. And make sure that nobody among you causes trouble so that people turn against God. A person who is angry against God is like poison. He spoils many other people's lives so that God does not accept them. As I was kind of thinking about this, I don't know why I went down the path of trying to figure out the difference between Judas and everybody else. Judas, if you look at it, was actually one of the most trusted apostles because he was the one who took care of the money. Yet, the way we remember him, we remember him as the one who betrayed Jesus. All the apostles, though, had their shortcomings, and Jesus knew they would all reject him. The difference, though, all of them except Judas repented, received God's forgiveness, and did great things. Judas refused God's help. He was overcome by his guilt and killed himself. Let us not be afraid to confess our sins and repent, receive God's forgiveness, and allow him to help us to do great things in his kingdom. God, we thank you so much for Jesus, what he did for us, and we thank you for the forgiveness that we received through his shed blood. Help us to live our lives courageously and boldly. Help us to do your work and help others to come to know you. Forgive us of our sins. In Christ's name, amen. Well, a couple of ways you can give this morning. Regular contributions you can drop in the, in the box in the foyer or you can give online as well. And we have a, another box in the foyer clearly marked for those of you wishing to, uh, to give toward Ukraine. And so uh, we have several opportunities to give. There's another one. There's another way you can give this morning. We're tying prayer quilts today. And I'm going to share with you just a, a quick minute about who um, those are for. Uh, Radonna Reeves, the mother of Melissa Jackson. Radonna has breast cancer and will have surgery this week. So please stop by and tie that quilt and pray for Radonna. Take her name with you this week. Also for Jenny Fritch. Now, Jenny is a friend of Laura Harbin who is also being treated for breast cancer. Please take both of those names with you, Radonna Reeves and Jenny Fitch with you this week, and, uh, and stop by the table again and just, uh, just tie a knot in that quilt and pray 
And uh, let's come together and just literally cover these ladies with our prayers. Your offerings this morning go in so, so many different ways. And uh, you're going to watch a video in just a moment about uh, one of our great mission works uh, that, that this church helps to support. So let's bow now. Father, thank you for the ability, the freedom to give, the freedom to, to share your name, not only in the city of Dallas, but overseas as well. Father, we're thankful for the opportunities that you lay before us where we can serve, where we can give, where we can work, and we can share the gospel of Jesus. Hear our prayer. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's watch. find that unique given his location that they're praying for Ukraine I'm thankful for that I'm thankful for Christians all over the world that are praying for Ukraine that are joining with us church let's uh, let's stand and let's uh, send kids on up to children's church right now we're going to sing a chorus of shout hallelujah as uh, Dr. Dabbs is getting ready to come and share with us this morning. Let's sing together. From the ends of the earth, from the depths of the sea, let all creation praise His name.
Amen. Good morning, and yeah, way to go. Getting up and opening your eyes and getting here this morning. It was a little dark. I was a little more tired than usual, as probably a lot of us were. Uh, But we are here, and we are worshiping God together. We started last week a series on speaking up for Jesus, on sharing our faith. Jesus said one time in Matthew chapter 10 that if we put in a good word for him with those around us, he'll put in a good word for us before the Father. So it's a big deal that we be ready to share our faith, that we are willing to share our faith. We started last week by talking about her in John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman, a woman whose life life was sort of a mess, uh, who didn't have it all worked out to be sure, uh, had been through five failed marriages, was living with a guy, but she became this powerful evangelist, brought her whole team, or her whole town rather, to come out and meet Jesus. They believed on Jesus. He stayed with them two days, and they declared him to be Savior of the world. It was because of her testimony. And so we're finding that it's through regular people. I was think, thinking this week about a regular person I know, a good friend of mine who was with us in Brazil for a brief time while we were planting the church there uh, it was kind of a struggle for the guy. He, he struggled with the Portuguese. It, it wasn't coming along very well for him. He struggled with some depression. He was seeing a therapist. But in his struggle, in this real life situation for him, he did share his faith. And at the soccer field, he reached a guy named Jefferson and his friend Rafael. And through Jefferson, uh, hundreds have been reached. Jefferson's the preacher at the church there in Rio. So uh, it, you don't have to have it all together. In fact, we look through the Bible and we see many people, regular people, who have struggles and challenges, but when they decide to share their faith, the Holy Spirit gets involved in that and incredible things happen. We were thinking this week, this uh, John Scott and I, about Julio Salazar. Many of you know Julio. He is watching this morning as he does every morning when we gather to worship here from Guatemala City. He's joining us online. Julio has been our bus driver since 2005, something like that. Was not a believer, uh, but would drive us from the airport out to our little medical mission sites and got to see all the good that was being done, all all his countrymen uh, being blessed and helped, and also got to see the relationships of our group, and it was different. When you see how Christians love each other, treat each other, there he is with Darren Hughes, one of our own. Uh, when you see how Christians love each other, treat each other, there's something different there. And there is perhaps no more powerful evangelistic tool, if you will, on the face of the earth than seeing the church at work. They will know you by your love. And so Julio came to faith in Christ uh, a while back, and ever since then, he can't stop talking about Jesus. Um, John Scott was telling me just how natural, he has this charming, you guys know him, uh, charming, winsome personality, and everywhere he goes, he will tell a self-deprecating joke, he'll start a little conversation, and then he'll say, do you know Jesus? Or do you have a church home? And so he is constantly reaching people for the gospel. Another regular person who has been touched by the good news of Jesus and is sharing that with the world around him. So this morning, we're going to spend some time 
and 1 Peter chapter 3. Check this out. God does amazing things through ordinary people like us when we are available and willing to be his instruments of grace in the world. Peter was another regular guy, uh, not perfect by any stretch, but reached many, many people for Jesus. And he's going to talk with us this morning about evangelism. So 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 15, he writes this. You must worship Christ as Lord of your life. He's talking to people like us, believers. And if somebody asks you, I want you to remember that phrase, asks you. If somebody asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. And then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good if that is what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong. Christ, now he gets to the gospel. Christ suffered for our sins once and for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the Spirit. There are so many scriptures in the New Testament that we could go to to talk about baptism. This has been a struggle, this series, for me because there are so many great scriptures. But this one is at the top of the charts for me. Because this scripture from Peter talks about everything, really, in sharing your faith. It talks about the message, the gospel of Christ. It talks about the messengers, people like us. And it even talks about the methods for successfully, effectively sharing Jesus in our relationships. So it really has it all. Um, You saw right there at the end, the message. And Peter knew it well. It was what saved him. And he had seen through him so many others reach through this message that Christ, you see it right there, he suffered for our sins once and for all. This message is a historical event. Happened in time. He didn't sin, but he died for sinners to bring us safely home to God. He suffered death, and then he was raised to life in the Spirit. That's the gospel. Now, in the Bible, you will see the gospel presented in various ways with more or less details. But the core message is always the same. Jesus died for people like us. People with problems. People who don't have it all together. But he didn't just die for us. He was raised. And we have hope that this life is not all there is through this message of the gospel. Um, and so this offer of salvation, Peter points out, and he knew this well, it, was, it wasn't just made to righteous people. It wasn't an offer that God made. I'll bring all the good people to heaven with me. He says, Christ died for sinners. He died for sinners. Zig Ziglar, I don't usually quote him, but... He put this well one time about the gospel. He said, the good news is there is nothing we can do that is bad enough to keep us out of heaven. The bad news is there is nothing 
we can do to get us into heaven. We need Jesus. And that's the message Peter preaches and writes about. The gospel is that Jesus died for us and he was raised for us. Now, you won't get to share that message with every single person you ever meet, but you will get to share that message with some of the people that you know and some of the people you meet. And so we want to be ready to move from this message to being messengers carrying that good news to people around us. That is what we have been born again. That is what we have been saved to do. So now we are defined by this new relationship. We have been brought home to God through what Jesus did on the cross. And so it's for us. Right? He tells us in those first words, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. So we are the messengers, those who have said of our Christ as Lord of our lives. If we're not going to do this, no one else is, right? No one's going to share the gospel if these messengers who've been redeemed don't share the gospel. That would be us. Um, so we aren't better. We aren't better than sinners. Better off maybe but not better. We're just beggars telling other beggars where to get food. You've probably heard that before, and it's true. It's true. We're just beggars telling other beggars where to get food, and we are counting on the Lord to put in a good word for us with God, and he is counting on us to put in a good word for him with our neighbors. And Peter gives us, I love this, this is my favorite thing about the passage. Peter gives us some things here that really serve to disarm our fears, that really settle our anxieties about this idea that can be fearsome for some of sharing the faith. He says we need to be prepared, we need to be personable, and we need to be polite can't get any more practical than this. Prepare yourself, be personable, be polite. Check this out. He says, uh, if anyone, this is in verse 15 there, if anyone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. As a follower of Jesus, I need to Always be ready to share my story, to give somebody a snapshot on how Jesus has impacted my life, on how I am different today because of knowing the Lord. And we're not talking about a sermon. We're not talking about, well, for me, I guess, yeah. We're not talking about a sermon or a lecture or a Bible class that you got to be ready to teach. We're talking about you sharing your hope. Your hope, your story. Now, how do you prepare for this? How do you prepare for anything? You spend time. You practice. You rehearse. You share your story to your spouse, to your kids, to your Labrador, to your, to your mirror. You get good at sharing your story. So what's my story I mean, I grew up in a Christian home, very good parents. They're watching this morning, I'm sure. 
they took me and my sisters to church every time the doors were open, whether we liked it or not. I did not really have a choice whether I was going to read the Bible, whether I was going to sing, whether I was going to pray, whether I was going to go to church on Sunday morning. They took us, and that was it. And I am so grateful for the way that I grew up and for that foundation that they built. Then I went off to college in another city. And I found out pretty quickly that my faith was really kind of their faith. That I had kind of borrowed faith from my parents. And so I just decided I was going to, well, I don't know that I decided, it just happened. I just kind of checked out on God. Checked out on church. Didn't think much about religion for a while. And through a series of events that happened, you could call them coincidences. I don't think they were. I began to perceive that Jesus was pursuing me. That's a whole other thing. But a lot of different things happened where it was just inescapable for me. Jesus was coming after me. (laughs) So I just said, okay, I surrender. I'm yours. And we've been walking together ever since. And I got to tell you, nothing has made more of a difference on my life than my relationship with Jesus. I am today, while I've got a long way to go, I am a better dad and a better husband and a better man because of my relationship with Jesus. That's my story. Took me about a minute and 10 seconds to share that just now. That's my story. Can you share your story? And I'm going to help you out a little bit. Because if you are a Christian, your story almost certainly involves some pretty common elements. These are, these are, stor- these are common to us. Like, let me share some of those with you. Like, you lived a sinful and selfish life without regard to God. You were, you were lost. Okay? Uh, you heard the gospel at some point. May have been through your parents. May have been through a neighbor. May have been through a coworker. Um, you came to faith in Jesus. You decided to put your trust in him. That's an element of your story. You, he gave you forgiveness uh, and gave you meaning and strength for your life. That's a part of your story, and you are headed to heaven. Those are some core pillars of your story. The details, I don't know. That's, you add those. those are what, what's happened to you? What's your personal experience? But you can share the story. You're supposed to share the story of Jesus and what he's done in your life. And your two-minute story or one-minute story is a powerful thing. It is, it is yours and, and all yours. It may be an addiction that you have overcome with the help of the Lord uh, or one that you have not overcome. I think it's important that we share the struggles we still have. It may be an addiction you have not beaten yet, but the Lord is helping you. And giving you strength for the fight every day. It may be when you lost someone you loved very deeply. And if it weren't for the comfort of the Lord, you don't know what you would have done. The peace that you found in Jesus. It may be like me. Like you're just, you, you, through him, you're, you're a better dad. And you're a better this. You're a better that. A better boss. Uh, or you've learned uh, not to be fearful or stressed out all the time through Jesus. Uh, so be prepared to share your story. Why are you a Christian? What is the reason for your hope? Can you explain that? Will you explain that? So Peter says, be prepared. Always be ready, he says. Um, We are less, less anxious, aren't we, when we're ready. Whether it is 
preparing for a driver's test when you're 15 and a half, 15, 16, whether it is preparing for a midterm exam, uh, whether it is uh, we, we're sharing your faith story. We are less anxious, more confident when we have prepared ourselves. And Peter tells us, be ready, prepare yourself. Um, a big thing maybe in terms of reducing uh, the level of stress also, according to Peter, is to be personable and to be polite. Uh, we don't force the message of Jesus on people. We don't manipulate people. We don't make up our story. We're just honest. We share true things about us and about the Lord. Be honest. Be yourself. Um, notice in Peter's counsel, who is the one initiating the conversation? I think this is so important. Who is the one initiating this? It is the unbeliever. Be ready to explain yourself to anyone who asks. I love that. He's just answering. And when you live as a disciple of Christ, people are going to wonder about your life. They're going to want to know more about it. If they don't, there's probably something wrong with the way you're living, to be honest. And so he says there in verse 15, if anyone asks. So when do we share? When someone asks, when someone wants to know. Now, we, we lay the groundwork by the way we treat our spouse, by the way we handle issues at work, by the way we... By mentioning how we prayed the other day and God answered that prayer by talking about our faith uh, informally in all kinds of situations. But Peter says, when someone asks, be ready to share. And Peter knew something about this, didn't he? He knew about people asking. We think back to Acts 2, the launch day of the church. Who was preaching in Acts 2? That guy. Peter was preaching. I mean, maybe pound for pound, the most powerful gospel message ever preached. And we think about that sermon and we're like, wow. And then he preached about, you know, how people need to, need to give their lives to Jesus and repent of their sins and be baptized. Those things were not actually part of the sermon. Those weren't part of the sermon. What happened? You remember this. Peter was preaching and the people asked, what do we need to do? They asked. He responded. Acts 2.37. Now when they heard this, they heard his sermon. They were cut to the heart. This is Acts 2.37. They were cut to the heart. They said to Peter and to the rest of the brothers, what do we need to do? And then Peter said, ah, let me tell you what you need to do. And he thought, you got to repent. You got to turn away from your sins. You got to give your lives to Jesus. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. Um, and so when we live for Jesus unapologetically for him and share our stories of faith with people around us, um, we need to be personable. We don't need to have a, a speech or like a PowerPoint presentation or something like that. Uh, we do need to be ready and in the context of a personal friendship, uh, we need to be ready to tell them why it is that we have the hope that we have, the, the joy that we have. Um, and so part of being personal is also just being respectful and gentle. And Peter talks about that. He says there, uh, we need to do this in a gentle and respectful way. Yeah. So if you're doing evangelism differently, if, if, you're, if your style involves yelling at people or shaking your finger, you're not doing it the way, G, the way Peter told you to do it, okay? 
Um, we need to be polite and gentle, he says. Um, and we, this is the thing, guys. We evangelize all the time. I promise you, you are already evangelizing. Now, you may not be evangelizing for Jesus, but you are evangelizing. Evangelizing just means telling someone good news. I was telling someone literally this week about how much we love our internet service provider. I was. I was like, man, it's fantastic. We made a change. Our speeds are 20 times better. We're paying less. I was evangelizing for a certain company. <laughs> we evangelize for the new barbecue restaurant that we tried out. We evangelize for the hairdresser. You know, have you heard about Cami? You need to go to her. By the way, some of you may be snickering because that's a real person. You evangelized my wife and she went to Cami and she's like, oh, wow, yeah, she is great. We evangelize all the time. We need to be sharing the good news, not just some good news about a new product or a new service. We need to be sharing the good news about Jesus, the news that can literally change someone's life, can change their forever destiny. Um, so God loves each person. He loves sinners he sent his son to live the perfect life that we could not live and to give his life for sinners on the cross. He was raised on the third day showing us that the grave will not have the last word and that eternal life is waiting on us if we will just put our faith in Jesus. And Peter teaches that disciples share their stories about the difference Jesus has made in their lives. And then when God opens the door, they share the simple message of the gospel. But it starts with being able to share your story. Being willing to share your story. A couple of resources I wanted to finish out this morning. And we'll, we'll kind of finish up here. But a couple of resources for you. One, uh, Bob Chisholm, our own Bob Chisholm, has written a book called How to Share Jesus Using the Gospel of Mark, 60-page book, really good stuff, very practical. And it's right out these doors to the right on the wall in that spiritual formation center on the way to the restrooms, um, how to share your faith using the Gospel of Mark. You can pick it up. It's free. I'm sure he would send you a PDF if you want, if you want that or if you're watching online and you just want an email copy of that. Uh, another one is called Start the Journey. It's something I put together over years and just kind of, well, I need to put something together because sometimes uh, someone is, is so close and they really are at that phase where they're like, okay, I want to give my life to Christ. What do I need to do? And so it's just that kind of that last getting in them across the line of faith kind of thing. And that is back in the same spot. Uh, start the journey. It's free. Grab one of those. Uh, share it or read it yourself. I was able to give one to someone last week who is a, a Catholic. And she is considering um, that, that maybe she needs to make some, some further steps in her faith journey. And so we're going to talk about that more. But I handed her one of those. So those are there for you. Um, and I would be happy to send you an electronic version of that as well, if, if that's what you would want. But we're talking about the most important story that's ever been told, the gospel story, and being able to share our smaller stories of how Jesus has impacted our lives. This morning, if that is not your story yet, but you're ready to come to faith in Jesus, to give your life to Jesus and be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit today, you can do that. 
or maybe you need prayers this morning, we would love to pray with you, over you, for you. Um, however you need to respond to the Lord, let's do that as we stand together and worship. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest crowd and storm. Why hides the love? plan to be back tonight as Gordon shows us how some of the same questions we face today are answered as we resume our journey through Genesis. Brandon Price, who I mentioned earlier, is the uh, head of the Ukraine Bible Institute. And in a recent video uh, that he sent to, to the world, really, from Poland, he said this, when things are this bad, it's easier to see answered prayers. That's sober. When things are this bad, it's easier to see answered prayers. He's seeing this flood of refugees and church members and children and, and uh, women and men flooding into Poland. Here's what I want you to think about. 
Gordon talked about all our blessings. And he wants us to speak up. For us here in the United States, when things are this good, it's also easy to say answered prayers. We have a lot of blessings, and we need to share that with people around us. One of our blessings this morning, one of our young men, Braden Shuttlesworth, will be reading our take-home scripture this morning. Braden. Today I'll be reading from Acts chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And the church said, Amen.